following message is presented by Community Gospel Church in Bremen, Indiana. It is our great privilege to share this ministry with you. We in no way intend for this to be a replacement for the local church. It is our prayer that this would serve as a resource to help make Jesus Christ known in our congregation and other congregations gathering across the world. For more information about Community Gospel Church, visit www.communitygospelchurch.com. Good morning. My name is John. I'm the associate pastor here. And if you should be visiting with us today, a special word of welcome. You're probably with family uh, to celebrate uh, the new year together. And uh, we welcome you. And I invite all of you to Psalm 90. We've read it already. We'll refer back to it. If you are a young person, you got some really cool notes as you came in. And uh, you can, if you're a parent, you can look at your kids' notes if you want to do that and follow along as well. We stand on the threshold of a new year. As we look forward to 2024. Did I say that? 2024. We have an outline. We know some things. We have some plans. But none of us know what will actually take place in this year. This psalm was written by Moses as Israel was ready to enter the promised land. They were on the east side of the Jordan River. He had delivered the book of Deuteronomy that we studied some time ago. And this psalm is something of a meditation, a reflection, and a prayer for this new generation that Joshua would lead into the land of Israel. How would the next generation prosper in the land? They had never been here before. We've never been through 2024 yet. And here's how we are able to take these thoughts from Moses who wrote this psalm and uh, look forward and to trust God for this year. The flow of thought is very important uh, for us. And so you'll see the first two verses, God is eternal. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Uh, verses 3 through 11, in contrast to that, our lives are short. Life is short And so, in light of those two realities, verses 12 through 17, how can we live wisely? God is eternal. Life is short. Live wisely. Consider with me first that God is eternal. Lord, you have been our dwelling place In all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Moses is reflecting on the history of Israel. Whether he's going back all the way to Abraham or just the last 40 years, not quite sure. But whether it was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or whether it was the the people of Israel 
in the land of Egypt or whether it was the last 40 years in the Sinai Peninsula, they had never had a place to call home. They never owned real estate. Those things which are so important to many of us, the people of God, never had, and Moses said, that doesn't make any difference. Because no matter where you are, no matter whether you're in a stable season of life, no matter whether you are in a transitional season of life, God is our home. Lord, you have been our dwelling place from one generation to the next, from one season to the next. That word often refers to the habitation of God. Deuteronomy 26 verse 15 says, Look down from your holy habitation, that is your dwelling place, the same word, and bless your people Israel and the ground that you have given us as you swore to our fathers. And so God dwells in heaven. He also dwells among his people in the tabernacle. That word is used of God's dwelling in the tabernacle. But here Moses adds another thought to that. God himself is where we live. He is our dwelling place. He is our home. He is where we belong. So that no matter how our experience changes, and it will, Moses reminds us that God is the same in all these seasons of life. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Through that, all that which changes for us, that which never changes, is God himself. He is faithful in every season of life. We measure our lives or the progress of our lives in minutes and hours and days and years. Uh, God does not. He is eternal. He created time. He works in time, but he is outside of time. Wayne Grudem uh, put it this way in his uh, theology book. He said, God has no beginning end or succession of moments in his own being. Yet God sees events in time and acts in time. And so as we think through this psalm for ourselves, what season of life are you in this morning? What season of life have you come through in 2023? What do you anticipate in 2024? It might be a strong and, and stable season of life. It might be where you feel rooted in what you're doing and where you are and in the relationships and the activities of your life. It might be quite the opposite. You might be in a time of change, uncertainty, and the unknown. And Moses would say to us, if we start with who God is, it doesn't matter because he is unchanging. God is our dwelling place through every season of life. Can we say this together this morning as we look at 2024 and say with confidence, 
Lord, you are our dwelling place through every season of life. And I hope that's a reality for each and every one of us. In contrast to the eternal God, our life is short. And most in the next few verses, verses 3 through 11, describes in a somewhat depressing kind of way the description of the brevity of life. Life is short. God said to Adam back in Genesis chapter 2, On the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And from the day that Adam and Eve together ate that forbidden fruit, every person now lives in a world of accident and disease, violence and fear, aging and death. We live this physical life under the judgment of God. And so in these verses, he talks to us about the brevity of life, and there are a number of it, it, uh, images that he uses for that. Um, he said it's like a, a devastating flood that comes through, and when it comes through, you, you can't see anything like it was before. It's like a dream. You wake up in the morning, and that which was so visit, vivid as you were dreaming it, in a few minutes, a couple of hours, you don't even remember that you had a dream. It's gone. It's here. It's gone. It's like a flower, beautiful in the morning, wilted by the afternoon in the heat of the sun. And then in verse 9, for all our days pass away under your wrath, we bring our years to an end like a sigh. Life is like a sigh. Oh, gone. That's it. But wait, there is more. If you call this number, no. Um, not only is this life short, Moses says this life is hard. Look at verse 10. The years of our life are 70 or even by reason of strength 80, yet their span, however long that is, their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. Those two words together, toil and trouble, speak about the hard work that life is and yet with unpredictable results. Some people will have the appearance of great success. Other people will get the short end of the stick in almost every situation. Life is unpredictable because it is full of hard work, hard effort, and toil and trouble. As the Second World War got underway in 1939, C.S. Lewis addressed his students at Oxford University. And he said this, uh, the, the whole thing was, should they stay in school as the war got underway? Because most of them were going to get conscripted and go into the army. And should we continue to pursue something like education? And he said, what does war do to death? It certainly does not make it more frequent. 100% of us die and the percentage cannot be increased. Can you see he's probably smiling while he's 
sharing that. War makes death real to us. And that would have been regarded as one of its blessings by most of the great Christians of the past. In war, we see unmistakably the sort of universe in which we have all along been living and must come to terms with it. Prosperity has allowed us, not unquote, prosperity has allowed us to mask in some measure the brevity and the hardness of life. When we experience those things, we are surprised by them as though they are abnormal. C.S. Lewis is reminding us, no, in this world of sin and suffering, it is the normal experience to experience the brevity of life and the hardship of life. Well, is the message one of doom and gloom then? Uh, Is that all that we have to look forward to? And uh, the answer, of course, is no. We may learn to live wisely for the glory of God in the time that he grants to each and every one of us. And so Moses moves on. God is eternal. Life is hard. And in light of that, now the following verses, verses 12 through 17, are a prayer They are prayers of Moses for this next generation that will go into the land that they might live under God's blessing and His grace. And I want to give you four prayers that we can enter this year with as we commit ourselves, our lives, our families, our endeavors to the Lord. First of all, pray for a heart of wisdom. Verse 12, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. As of today, I have lived 25,632 days. I have numbered my days. So have I obeyed the scripture? Have I fulfilled what Moses was talking about? Of course, not at all. By the way, you can go to any website, you just Google it, you can find out how many days, how many weeks you have lived, and it's amazing how many there are and how quickly they've gone. Something rings true about this psalm. It goes so fast. But we are not to merely mark off our days on a calendar We are to live them in such a way as to give account and to use them wisely for God's glory and God's purposes. We number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Pray for a heart of wisdom. Wisdom is often about outward success. It is the skills that are necessary to achieve our goals, to to, to accomplish what we want in life. It's taking knowledge. It's applying that knowledge. Uh, it's putting it to work. That is wisdom. But in Scripture, true godly wisdom begins with a transformation of the heart. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom is from the inside out. It's not only the behavior but it's the right thing for the right reasons as we allow God to change us and to transform us. 
Many of us are used to conforming outwardly, and if there is a change of behavior without a change of heart, that is just pragmatism or conformity. It is not biblical wisdom. And so Proverbs warns us uh, to begin by guarding our heart. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Ephesians chapter 5. Paul will pick up this same idea. Verses 15 and 16. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. So where is our heart at the beginning of 2024? Are we living for ourselves, or are we living for eternity? The greatest achievement in our life is the development of a heart of wisdom. Pray for a heart of wisdom. The second thing, Paul, uh, Paul, let's meet Moses, prays for God's compassion and grace. That is verse 13. Return, O Lord, how long have pity on your servants? The word pity there is the word compassion. It's the word grace. We need God's compassion and grace to fulfill his purposes in our lives. Remember Moses is praying for this generation. They have never been here before. They are going into a land um, where they will uh, now have houses and cities and fields and this will be a new experience for them. They need wisdom for that. Pray for a heart of wisdom but they also need God's grace for that. Their mothers and fathers had perished in the wilderness because they were unwilling to follow God's wisdom. And now as the next generation is ready to go into the land, they need a different attitude from their parents. Not one of grumbling and resisting God, but one of trusting God's care, believing His command, and... and, um, And his faithfulness to them. Anything that's truly good in our lives comes from the blessing of God's grace. God delivered Israel from slavery in Egypt. He gave them a promised land. But they did not receive it. Not that first generation. Because they thought they knew better than God. Having experienced the Red Sea, having manna every day, they said, this is so good. God, open the way, and whatever you say we will do, let's take the promised land. That's what they said, isn't it? Okay, they'll wake up sometime, right? They said, we want to go back to Egypt. They knew better than God. Now, we would never say that we know better than God. But how do we live like we know better than God? Well, one way is, you might 
think of different ways that you experience that. But one of the ways is certainly when we do everything ourselves first and only when we fail do we call 911 for God to come in and help us. You see, I am so self-sufficient. I will trust God if I need to, but I can do most things myself. And I get along most of the time in my own effort, and I will call on Him for help when I need it. And we would never say that out loud. How often do we live that way? Lord, you are our dwelling place. Not some of the time. Not a little bit of the time. Not when we need it because we've run out of our own steam. You are our dwelling place. And God intends that we live our life right there. He is our home. He is where we belong. In a relationship with Him is where we find our sense of purpose and direction. And it sets aside our self-sufficiency and depends entirely upon the compassion and the grace of God in our lives. We pray for a heart of wisdom. We pray for God's compassion that replaces our sense of self-sufficiency. And then as we approach each day in this life, which can be somewhat unpredictable and sometimes uh, challenging, we pray to find God's joy in each and every day. Pray for God's joy in each day, verses 14 and 15. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. No matter how high the stress levels come, no matter how bad the circumstances, we may find joy in God because he is our dwelling place. He is at work according to his promise and blessings of salvation. Our satisfaction, our contentment come from him. And we pray, satisfy us in the morning. Give us your contentment. Help us in the midst of whatever it is that's going on to know and experience your joy. Because our lives are anchored in the fact that God is eternal. It's outside of our present circumstances. It's anchored in eternity. Um, I don't know how many of you are familiar with uh, Corey Ten Boom. Uh, it goes all the way back to the Second World War. Uh, she and her family, she was a young person in that time, but her, her family uh, sheltered Jews during that period of time. And they were eventually caught. They were sent off the concentration camp. And she and her sister Betsy were, were put into a Ravensbrück concentration camp together. She survived. Her sister Betsy did not. But they, as a group of, of ladies, would gather together. They would, they would, um, 
They would have a time of worship. They would pray together. They'd read scripture together. They, they would sing as they, they were able. And um, for some reason, the guards never came back and, and broke up the meeting. And later, they found out why. Because uh, the barracks were infested with lice and fleas. And because of those, the guards would not come back. And Betsy always had said to Corey, Corey, uh, uh, you have to give thanks for everything, even the fleas. You see, in every situation, God is at work in some way. And we can find his joy. Hopefully not quite that dramatic, but in every day, and our problem is that we are so focused on what we do not have or what we think we should have rather than living in the blessings of what we do have in Christ. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. In 2024, let's make it a practice to thank God every day for something that he is doing in our lives. Make that the focus. Pray for God's joy in each and every day. And then in these final verses, Moses prays for godly wisdom, for God to establish the work of, of their hands in verses 16 and 17. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. And so his prayers begin with the heart. Give us a heart of wisdom. But now it moves out into the activities of life. He is praying that this next generation will do better than the wilderness generation, showing God's provision and power not only to them, but also to that next generation. The reality of who God is lived out in the way that they serve him uh, each and every day. And Moses is reminding them and he's reminding us that true prosperity and quality of life come from the Lord. Israel had never owned real estate. Uh, they had never been settled in the land. Everything was different from anything that they had experienced previously. They were approaching a new season of life. And we often face the same thing. Every season of life brings new responsibilities and challenges to us. And we do not always know how they will turn out. We can pray, Lord, let your favor be on us and establish the work of our hands. Give us godly wisdom. And Moses repeats it. I think it's for emphasis. We really need you. This is, this is a, a new reality for us. It's a scary world out there. We don't know all that we're getting into, and he said, establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. 
Paul would say a very similar thing in Colossians chapter 3 when he said, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. And so as we give this year to the Lord and whatever lies ahead for us, we need to also give him whatever success he brings our way. Who owns our success? We can easily come to rely upon our comforts, upon our lifestyle as something that belongs to us. We have so much that we forget that it's been given to us as a stewardship for Christ and the gospel. Let us pray for godly success in 2024. And so Psalm 90 is a psalm that gives us a grand picture, first of all, of who God is. That has to be the starting point in our thinking as we enter a new experience, a new season of life, a new year. God in his greatness is eternal. He is the unchanging one, the faithful one. And we live our lives in relationship to him. He is our home. We do that because this life is so unpredictable. It is short and there is suffering that is involved. And so we can take these prayers and make them our own as we ask God for wisdom and grace and joy and success that brings honor and glory to Him. God is eternal. Life is short. Therefore, live wisely. That's Moses' wisdom for us. And I encourage you that during the course of this year that you pick up this psalm again and read it on multiple occasions. Think through what Moses was praying for his own people and pray it for ourselves. Thank you for listening to the Community Gospel Church podcast. If you would like to support this ministry financially, simply log on to communitygospelchurch.com and click the Contribute tab.